You are listening to the All in Sacred Time podcast. The All in Sacred Time podcast is posted on the AnnaJonesOnline.com website and on iTunes on the new moon of every month and is designed to give deeper meaning to your life by helping you to better understand and consciously align with the cosmological and sacred energies affecting and influencing your daily life. And I want to welcome everyone. This is Anna Jones, and I am an interfaith minister and a Reiki master teacher, a professional intuitive, and holistic healer. Uh, I've been studying and working with sacred time and astrological and cosmological uh, and astronomical influences affecting our daily life for many, many years. This is um, the sixth podcast that I've made of the year, and this podcast is uh, for the month of August 2014. I want to begin the podcast today by talking about the upcoming celebration of what is in ancient terms called Lamas or Lamas. Um, and that is going to be happening on August the 1st. Uh, today is the new moon, and of course it's a great time for setting intentions, uh, to set the intentions for what we want to call into being and call into manifestation and to use this energy of the new moon for what we want to continue to manifest throughout the summer. But the most important event happening uh, within this moon cycle from new moon to new moon is what this podcast covers, the astrological, um, astronomical and cosmological events that are influencing us all within the moon cycle from this new moon to the next new moon, uh, which covers most of the month of August. So the most important and significant event happening is this this event uh, on August the 1st. It is a um, astronomical event as well as an astrological and cosmological event. Um, it is one of the cross-quarter points that I have been talking about and speaking about in my other podcasts. Um, for example, uh, the last time we had a cross-quarter point uh, was on May the 1st, I believe. Yes, it was, uh, which was um, the cross-quarter between the spring equinox and the summer solstice. Then we had the summer solstice in June, and now we're uh, coming up to, on August the 1st, the cross-quarter point um, that is the midway point between the summer solstice and the fall equinox, believe it or not. Um, I was just speaking with my husband uh, today about how we just felt that it was uh, just the summer solstice just a few minutes ago, even, you know, just uh, just the other day. Uh, and here we are uh, just a few days away from the cross quarter, meaning the halfway point um, between the summer solstice and the fall equinox. These turning points are very significant. We feel their energies more than we know and more than we realize. The earth energies are very strongly affected by this. And when I speak of sacred time, uh, in this podcast series, I'm speaking of earth energies um, and especially earth energies that are affected by cosmological influences. Um, and uh, in addition uh, to sacred time that's happening with the stars and the moons and the planets and the earth, um, I also uh, like to sometimes speak about um, things that are happening within uh, the sacred calendars of the world religions as I'm an interfaith minister and uh, I have studies and backgrounds in the world religions and work with people from all different religions, faiths and traditions. Um, so I'm actually going to talk about Lamas and then I'm going to talk about the upcoming 
full moon, which is a super moon, um, a few couple other things I'm going to discuss today. And then I'm, um, in addition, going to uh, bring into this podcast today and um, actually have my first host in this series, uh, my first co-host, my first guest, um, uh, as my husband, Philip Jones, uh, to talk about uh, one of the um, highest of the Hindu holy days uh, back in the month of May. I discussed uh, one of the uh, Buddhist high celebration days. And of course, in the month of Easter, I talked about the Christian uh, celebration of um, Easter. And uh, this month, we're going to talk about the Hindu celebration in the sacred time calendar um, of, uh, it's called John Mastami. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, when the time comes. And I'll bring my husband in to uh, assist me to say a little bit and then to discuss that with you. So back to Lamas. Um, like I said, it is the halfway point between the summer solstice and the fall equinox. So, okay, why is that important? Summer's half over. Is that all the only reason why it's important? The answer to that is no, it's not the only reason why it's important. The energies really do start to shift and really do start to change. Um, the, 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 the way I like to describe this to people, and I've described it in previous podcast when we've reached these cross-quarter points is as a changing of the tides. Um, that's the way I, the analogy that I like to use. It's an analogy, but it is a tide of energy. Okay. So there, even though it's an analogy, uh, there is some direct connection to what I'm saying, because there is a tide of energy that begins to move and shift. Um, so, uh, th I, that's why I like to use this analogy because it's a, it's a great analogy and it also speaks to something specific that even uh, is happening when you think of it in terms of tides of energy. It's not a tide as far as water, but it's a tide of energy. So the analogy that I like to give is this changing of tides um, and where we're going to be shifting from summer tide into fall tide. What starts to happen is that the summer tide begins to wane. The energy of summer that's been flowing and flowing strong and begins that that tide of the energy started to come in actually on May the 1st and it really peaked uh, and, and, and it's at its peak at the time of the summer solstice and we're just everything that is at its peak and the light is at its peak and it's the longest day of the year and there's the most light energy and light vibration for those of us who are in the northern hemisphere experiencing the summer solstice um, and then the but by, by the time and everything's peaking all that energy is peaking and then by the time Lamas begins, um, that tide begins to shift and um, the high tide is over and past, the waxing period is done and the waning period begins um, and uh, that the, the summer energies begin to wane and the fall energies begin to wax. Uh, the fall tide begins to come in, the summer tide begins to go out. Uh, is the way that I can explain that to you best and help you understand literally energetically um, what's going on with that. Uh, so you'll feel the fall energies more and more and more. And of course that fall tide will start to come in more and more over the weeks of August uh, and over the first three weeks of September and um, will bring in the full fall equinox and that, full, that energy will be present and will be here in its full 
fullness will be at the fall equinox um, at uh, the fall equinox in September. Um, and then uh, the fall tide will be at its peak. Okay, um, so and summertime will be completely done. It will be completely gone. Um, but for now, we have both. We have both energies. We have the um, energy, summer energy, uh, that is beginning now to go into its waning, um, and the uh, fall energies that's just beginning to shift, and that tide starting to come in. And it's and it, we'll start feeling it week by week, a little bit more and more and more. And one of the ways that um, we notice it uh, most dramatically in all parts of the world all parts of the hemisphere, all parts of the northern hemisphere that's experiencing this is we notice it through the days getting shorter. Um, the days have actually been getting shorter ever since that peak of the summer solstice, um, but they will start to get shorter um, and you'll feel it, you'll see it, it'll be a little bit more dramatic um, starting in August, especially later into August and early into September again as that summer tide starts to go out more and more and that fall tide comes in, um, that energy, that shift. And of course, what it's uh, happening astronomically is that it's about positioning, right? It's about the positioning of the, the earth and the sun. And, you know, the, the, so there is a, there's a shift starting to happen in a different new position that's beginning to move. And, and the energies of this time period um, are all about uh, preparing ourselves uh, for the upcoming harvest season. Um, and still enjoying the summer, you know, there's still summer left, there's still uh, a full six weeks of the summer left, there's six weeks um, that we've uh, been through of the summer already, and there's still six weeks left, but that uh, new shift of the tide brings in um, a, uh, a beginning of starting to uh, acknowledge that you're in the last stage or phase of the summer, and uh, it's also a preparation time um, for the upcoming new energies of the fall and preparing for the harvest. Um, it's still a manifestation time um, and it's still that summer energy of peaking manifestation, highlight high vibration, but moving more and more towards the harvest. And um, it's going to be um, a, a, a powerful upcoming full moon that's going to be happening this month as we're moving closer to the harvest time and to the, uh, the, the next uh, the, the, the full moon in September will actually be the harvest moon. So that kind of helps you understand a little bit what, what, I'm, what I'm talking about. It's called the corn moon or the harvest moon in the full moon in September. And I'll talk about more of that uh, in, the, in the next podcast. But that helps you kind of feel like, oh, yeah, okay, we are moving towards that and, 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 and understanding that movement towards that. But this upcoming full moon is called the green corn moon. So um, the corn moon next month and then in August, uh, the, corn, the green corn moon so again, the, the, the things in nature are preparing themselves. They're reaching uh, a point of fruition and they're getting ready to come into full harvest. They're getting ready to come into that, 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 that full completion, that full harvest. Um, and so uh, that's what's happening with us in our lives. And if we align ourselves with that, which is one of the reasons why I do this sacred podcast is uh, this podcast on sacred time is to help us uh, align ourselves with the natural 
natural rhythms of the natural world, the natural world being um, the natural time of the earth and the natural time uh, of the movements of the planet and the stars and the moon and all of those rhythms that are affecting us. They affect our bodies and they affect our minds and they affect our energy fields. They affect all of our subtle energy, whether we're conscious of it or not. And when we make ourselves conscious of it, uh, we're really able to move much more in harmony and alignment and um, you know, be happier, healthy, whole, productive um, people as a result of that um, deeper connection. Um, in fact, if you're seeking during this time period uh, to truly manifest something and to truly bring some of your um, things that you've been working on to completion, uh, setting intentions for that on this new moon, uh, which is uh, today, Saturday, and then Sunday, um, we'll still be in the new moon period. Um, and then, of course, Lamas really using the energies from that. Uh, it's always a good time to do prayer work, meditation work, uh, ceremony, ritual um, of any kind, actually. Um, and, but it would be appropriate, but especially anything that is about, you know, what you want to manifest and what you want to kind of bring to uh, fruition uh, during this last six weeks of summer, during this, you know, shifting of the tides. So the full moon um, is a special one. It's going to be amplified. Full moons always amplify things. Full moons always amplify. Um, and it's going to be um, amplifying things even more because it is what's called a supermoon. And it's going to be on August the 10th. And this will be the, the, the we have actually five supermoons uh, that are full moons this year. It's kind of uh, unusual. We have um, a moon in perigee every month, which is what the supermoon actually is. It means that the moon is coming closest to the Earth. That happens every 28-day cycle of a moon cycle, actually. Um, so there is a, every 28 days, there is a time period in which the moon is in perigee, and it's at its point where it's closest to the Earth during that 28 days but through its annual cycle the moon has times where it's even uh, it has perigee every cycle but it has um, in its annual cycle times where it's even closest where it reaches its closest perigee um, and that's going to be this one the one in August um, there's it's the, the moon is uh, usually most of the time uh, approximately 223,000 miles um, away from the earth and this particular moon in perigee uh, there are anticipating and calculating it to be uh, approximately 222,000 miles. So instead of 223,000 miles, it'll be 222,000 miles. That helps you get it in a little idea. Um, it's close. It's closer than it usually is. It's a whole thousand miles closer than it usually is, but it's not like it's going to be so close that it's going to be causing any devastation or anything like that because there are fears and, and fear-mongering and things that does happen around the supermoon times. Um, however, that does mean that there is an, an increase in the uh, gravitational force of some some degree and it's not a, a massive one but it is some degree of influence of the um, gravitational force and the electromagnetic effects um, on the earth from that uh, that will have an effect so there's usually uh, during the moon and perigee where the moon is the closest some uh, effects from that effects on the tides for example and of course because our emotions are watery um, our emotions are most heavily affected
affected by the full moons anyway. Um, and so this particular one could be a very emotional full, full moon. And it's a good time to do emotional clearing, emotional cleansing, emotional release work, um, anything that helps to cleanse, clear, balance, restore, renew on the emotional level. And to, again, focus on using that energy for being able to manifest, but in a clear way, right? Um, those who don't do that, it can amplify uh, emotional tensions, it can amplify anger, it can amplify, you know, it's a bit of a concern to me uh, with all the world events happening right now uh, with so much conflict that's been firing up recently in the world that it could amplify those things. Um, so it's a good time for all of us preceding and leading up to this upcoming supermoon and on the time of the supermoon to do prayers for world peace. And um, as part of that prayer for world peace, I think it's really important to do prayers for forgiveness. Um, when we do prayer, it has an effect not only on us, but on those that we're praying for. When we're praying for world peace, it has an effect, whether we believe it or not. It really does. Prayer truly, truly works. I've seen that, I've experienced that in my personal life. Um, and in the lives of so many people that I've worked with. Um, and in addition to praying for peace in the world, I believe that that peace is very much possible and probable, uh, and the path of probability towards that peace comes from the path of forgiveness and seeking forgiveness. So be sure to add during the Lamas shift, during the upcoming supermoon, um, prayers for forgiveness, and do some of that forgiveness work in your life. This is a very good time. We see the way that these energies are starting to get amplified and we know the potential of what some of these aggressive confrontational energies, how they could be amplified during this shift of the tides and during this upcoming supermoon even more. So now is the time to do the spiritual work to prevent that. You know, now is the time to do the spiritual work. If we do our jobs correctly, then these things come and go and, and, and only positive things are happening and coming out as a result of them. Because the forces, I truly believe that the, the cosmological forces are neither good or, nor bad. Um, I believe that they are what they are. Um, they are some of those energies are more difficult to, for us to accept and work with and 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 um, have uh, teach us lessons um, but how we respond to them and how we react to them and what we do with the energies um, astronomically cosmologically influencing us is the single most important thing um, that's why instead of this being a show that I do on astrology it's not just a show on astrology um, I like to to talk about um, how, it, you know, instead of getting into, oh, this is going to do this, this, and this, and this to us, and into a bunch of predictions about what it's going to do, I like to try to empower us as to how to use these energies and um, use them for what we would want to create from them, right? Um, because if we just let those energies, um, if, they, if we just let them happen to us and think that we're just victims of them, um, then uh, kind of like being swept up in the ocean, you can be bounced around by those tides, um, or we can uh, surf those waves, right? So they are waves, they're waves of energy, and those waves are coming, and those tides are coming, and those, those waves of energy from the supermoon, they're coming, and you know we have the ability to ride those waves, or we have the ability to kind of be pounded by those waves. And so it really does become about conscious choice to live in alignment uh, with sacred time, live in alignment with sacred 
sacred principles, do spiritual practices, and one of the best spiritual practices that I recommend for this upcoming supermoon and this month of the shifting tides towards the fall, towards the fall um, is forgiveness work, um, is, is, is peace and prayers for peace and actions towards peace and peace activism in any way and forgiveness work uh, in our lives, in our personal lives, and anything that we need to forgive ourselves for, anything we need to forgive others for, and prayers for forgiveness in the world, especially amongst people uh, who truly, truly need to forgive each other in order to make this a more peaceful world and a more peaceful planet. So um, another thing I just wanted to say real quick about the supermoon and then I'm moving on is um, that uh, this is the second one of three in a row. So this is the fourth fourth one out of five of the year, uh, but a couple of them were earlier in the year. But last month we had in July a supermoon. This month in August we're having a supermoon. And next month that uh, harvest moon uh, is also going to be a supermoon. The harvest moon I was talking to you about, the corn moon. This is the green corn moon. Next month will be the corn moon. And um, the, uh, the three supermoons in a row uh, tell us just how much these things are connected and the energies of these three moon cycles, July's full moon, August full moon, September full moon are all interconnected and there's one big interconnected effect that they're having all on all of us um, and so we can take that energy and really make and build something from it. Um, so it's also a really good time to um, really stay focused on what you want, you know, really stay focused, you know, do the forgiveness work, do the release work, do the, you know, the peace work and stay focused on what you want to create. Okay, so um, another just astronomical thing that's going to be happening that I wanted to throw in and let everybody know about uh, is the Perseid meteor shower is then happening on August the 11th and 12th. Because of the supermoon, the moon being in perigee, um, I'm wondering personally, I've not heard any reports on this or read any reports on this, how um, much we're actually going to be able to see of the Perseid meteor shower because the moon is just going to be so bright. Um, this is the closest of all the supermoons, this is the closest one that the moon's going to be of the year, and the perceived meteor shower is the following two days, So, whereas the supermoon is on August the 10th, the meteor shower is going to be on August 11th and 12th, so there may not be, it may not be as visible as it is on other years, um, but that doesn't mean we might not see some shooting stars, and of course the um, ancients always told us that if we wish upon a shooting star, then that wish will come true, um, and because of the energies that they carry. So uh, I remind everybody that that'll be happening and to look to the skies, look to the heaven. It's so important to look up and make your connections to the cosmos directly. And um, if you see a shooting star, be sure to make your wish upon a shooting star. Okay, so that brings me to the last thing that I wanted to speak about during the show today. Um, and it is something in, um, it, it is connected with the lunar calendar of the year within the Hindu tradition. Um, the Hindu tradition, the Hindu religion is the third largest religion in the world. Uh, Christianity being the topmost, Islam being the second, and 
Hinduism being the third. And um, there's different branches of Hinduism, just like there are different branches of Christianity and Islam and Buddhism and all of the other religions. They all have different branches. The largest of the branches of Hinduism um, is a branch called Vaishnavism. Um, and Vaishnavism is uh, focused around um, understanding uh, God, the divine, um, the, 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 the uh, ever-present one God, uh, because uh, Vaishnavism is a monotheistic tradition, and this is something that's greatly um, misunderstood about Hinduism in general, and especially about Vaishnavism, um, they, 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 because there's uh, un different uh, images and names and forms of that one God, different manifestations of that one God, um, then many people believe and, and misinterpret that to be a, that it's a polytheistic tradition, and it's not, um, because of a concept that is there, which is a concept that I have long related to, um, a concept that in my mystical experiences, because in addition to all the things that I do professionally, first and foremost, I, I consider myself to be a, a mystic, a modern day, uh, very modern day mystic. Um, and. Uh, the, 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 the concept of simultaneous oneness and difference is something that I've come to mystical uh, conclusions and realizations about and is something that um, I found is present uh, within the, the, the Hindu tradition, especially within the Vaishnava tradition, um, as an understanding of simultaneous oneness and difference. That there is one God that has multiple names, numerous names, uh, multiple forms. And um, so there's this sacred celebration coming up in the lunar calendar that is the highest holy day of the year for the um, Vaishnava uh, aspect of this of that sect or, or branch of Hinduism, um, and it is the appearance day of um, the aspect of God or the incarnation or manifestation of God uh, that was named and known by the name of Krishna. So I'm going to bring my husband um, Philip Jones in um, as my guest right now as, on this part of the show to share a little bit about um, that with you um, because. It it is his area of expertise. Um, when I met Philip, um, he was a Hindu monk for 17 years and he still practices even though he's uh, got a very strong interfaith background as well and does a lot of interfaith work. He still practices um, a, a branch of Vaishnavism which is called um, Gaudiya Vaishnavism and uh, we both have uh, included that very strongly in our spiritual path and it is a, a major um, focus in his spiritual path and, and, and a bit major part of his spiritual journey. So I'd like to have him speak about that and, and just, again, from being a Hindu monk for 17 years. In current day, modern day, he's an award-winning author of a book called Light and Death, and Philip does um, uh, chaplain work, uh, interfaith chaplain work, and interfaith spiritual counseling uh, for the hospice uh, that is here on the Big Island of Hawaii, where we reside and where this podcast is broadcast from. Um, so he does a lot of wonderful work in the world, and he's also going to be um, doing some, he does some teaching with me. Um, he'll be with me on the upcoming um, retreats and pilgrimages that we're going to be leading in France, which I'll make some announcements about before the end of the show. And is also going to be doing a teleclass, actually. Um, uh, uh, we're going to be doing it together, and it'll be a series, um, and uh, it'll be based on the yoga wisdom um, from the Vedic tradition, which the Vedic tradition uh, has its roots, has its origins uh, within Hinduism. 
So I'm going to uh, just uh, turn the microphone over here to Philip and let him just say a little bit um, to us about the upcoming John Mastomy, what that is, what that means. It's on August the 17th uh, that it's happening. Okay, thanks, Anna. Yeah, John Mastomy, as Anna said, is the primary, the main uh, holy day in the Vaishnav Hindu tradition. The word Janmastami, Janma means birth or the birth, and Astami is the eighth day of the waning moon in this particular lunar month. So as Anna says, in the uh, sacred Hindu tradition, they go by a lunar calendar. And on that Janmastami day, about 3000 BC, a little over 3000 BC, Krishna made his appearance in this world. Now, the, one of the primary principles of Hinduism that uh, I think is appreciated, especially in the interfaith tradition, is the understanding of avatar. Avatar means one who descends, or divinity sending into humanity. So this was a descent of divinity into humanity about 3,100 years ago, 3,100 BC, so about 5,000 years ago in India. That has happened before in the, the form of Lord Buddha. It happened in the form of Lord Jesus, and there are other avatars as well. So this concept is that periodically, when there is a decline in the Dharma, uh, God or a servant of God comes into this world and manifests certain pastimes. You, if you look at the times of Jesus, you might have people see him as as God who is the friend, Buddha, God who is the teacher. Of course, in forms of Buddhism. Buddha is not seen uh, specifically as God, but in the Hindu tradition, uh, that appearance is seen as a descent, uh, an avatar descent. And in the descent of uh, Krishna, Krishna specifically, his gift to the world, his pastime, was as God as the beloved. So it showing when divinity comes into humanity, divinity is showing different faces. We had a workshop years ago called The Beautiful Faces of God that Anna and I taught. And so Krishna, when he appeared, he showed the face of God as the beloved. He's, uh, there are many, many pastimes of him as a, a young child in the forest and very much uh, nature connections and so forth. And he also spoke what has become the most prominent uh, wisdom book of Hinduism, that's the Bhagavad Gita. And the uh, teleconference that we'll be doing starting in August We'll be looking at the Bhagavad, at the yoga tradition, which Krishna taught, uh, through the lens of Bhagavad Gita and the Yoga Sutras and the Upanishads. So, um, I guess just to wrap it up, we don't have a lot of time, but uh, coming in August 17th, a very sacred day in Hinduism. And you know what? These appearances and these uh, celebrations around the world and different religions, they're for all of us. We can all celebrate the birth of Christ. We can all celebrate the appearance of Buddha and Krishna because they weren't, they didn't come to be put in a box of one religion or another. They came to give teachings and wisdoms and to show uh, divinity, again, coming into humanity so we can understand how to live our life in, in a deep spiritual way. Krishna specifically also said that he came to bring the yoga teachings. In the fourth chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, he said, I'm bringing again the teachings that have been lost. So those teachings are very, very ancient. And when we do our teleconference uh, in August, we'll be delving into those, those yoga teachings. 
So Krishna spoke actually the original yoga text um, that uh, all yoga is rooted from and out of, including other yoga sutras, uh, which which came much much later. Uh, and there is a whole wisdom to yoga. I know here in the United States, when we speak of the word yoga, everybody automatically thinks of an exercise class. Um, we're actually going to be doing this teleconference series, this teleclass series, uh, calling it yoga for the soul and it's not a physical exercise class however it doesn't mean that it's not practices um, that you have to practice or that you know wisdom that you follow because it's not just about uh, getting information it's about actually uh, getting the wisdom and then applying them and practicing them so the yoga for the soul is what um, uh, Krishna came and gave and instructed um, through the song of God um, which is known um, by the name of the Bhagavad Gita um, and so this class that uh, teleclass that Philip and I are going to do he, he'll be the main person on it I'll be uh, coming in the beginning and in the end probably to maybe try to bring in some experiential components of it uh, will be about um, that sacred practice of union uh, which is what yoga means actually uh, union for the soul and um, even though we're going to be uh, using the Vedic wisdom and presenting the Vedic wisdom, um, it will be all of our teachings is always universal and universally applied. Like you said, it's not uh, something where you have to be, uh, you know, a follower of a, a particular path or a tradition or religion in order to um, appreciate it, in order to get something from it. And so it is with reading the Bhagavad Gita, actually. Uh, the Bhagavad Gita is a book that uh, transformed Philip's life um, dramatically. He can tell more about that when the time for the teleclass comes and um, it is a book that has impacted me greatly um, and given me great insight uh, spiritual wisdom within it uh, just really life transforming spiritual wisdom that is within it again that can be applied universally to all of us um, which is I think why yoga does resonate with so many people uh, worldwide is because of the deep deep wisdom that is within it even if it's just being practiced as an exercise the asanas uh, are just a teeny 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 tiny part of what yoga is and what yoga is all about and all the different types of yoga um, and so it's going to be a great opportunity and so I'm glad that Philip got a chance to introduce um, that a little bit about that today and I got a chance to introduce you to a little bit about that upcoming teleclass today and then I got a chance to tell you about John Mastami so we're going to wrap up the tell um, we're going to wrap up the podcast now uh, with just a couple more closing announcements. Um, the uh, upcoming teleclass we we're just speaking of, the Yoga for the Soul, which is what the main title is for it, uh, is going to be starting on August the 16th. And it will be one class per month, and we'll put out a schedule for that um, on my AnnaJonesOnline.com website sometime here soon. Um, and we'll get some emails out for that. So if you're not on the email list and you want to find out more about our upcoming events, you can um, sign up for the email list and actually get a, uh, a free audio class from me um, on the uh, AnnaJonesOnline.com website and that's A-N-A-J-O-N-E-S 
online.com. Um, and so the last couple announcements is um, that I'm leading, um, Philip, Philip and I together are leading three pilgrimages in France on the fall equinox, starting on the fall equinox actually. Uh, we'll be in southern France on the fall equinox. The podcast, I'll uh, record them in advance um, and uh, have them up and, and on time. But um, we are still accepting registrations for those uh, pilgrimages. Uh, the Southern France Retreat, which is called the Magdalene, the Grail, and You, uh, which is September the 18th through the 25th. And then um, after that, there's a Northern France pilgrimage, and you can come on one or you can come on all. Um, you can just come to the, the, the one or the other, or you can come to all of them. The Northern Retreat is called um, uh, Soul Journey to Mont Saint Michel uh, and um, the Angels of Paris. So the name of that retreat is Soul Journey to Mont Saint Michel and the Angels of Paris. And the third retreat, which is the shortest retreat, which we're going to actually probably keep um, registrations open for longer, past August the 10th, um, is our Journey into the Sacred Heart, uh, which I also like to say, Journey into Your Sacred Heart. Um, and these are going to be just spectacular, amazing pilgrimages. Uh, that last one, Journey Into Your Sacred Heart, is going to be just a three-day extended weekend, um, and yet it's going to be power-packed. Um, and you can um, you know, learn more about that, read more about it on our mysticalfrance.com website, uh, or you can link to it through my website that I listed earlier. Um, that's it, and I want to thank everybody for listening to the podcast today, and uh, encourage you to um, do your uh, work for bringing about peace, inner peace and outer peace, forgiveness, inner forgiveness and outer forgiveness, um, and use these energies of the shifting tides and the supermoon uh, to move you forward into the harvest time. When I talk to you next will be the new moon that will be um, leading us into the harvest moon. So um, thank you very much, everybody, and we will talk to you again in the next moon cycle, in the next month.